and then they just lurk there until one day somebody runs into them. One time it was a rescue operation, a, a young boy had fallen out of a boat and drowned, and they were trying to retrieve the body, and one of the guys was down there, and he said he was using this huge lamp. He said, all of a sudden I got just this eerie feeling, you know, like the air raising up in the back of your neck, and he said I turned around and here was this being that's eye was as big as the lamp I was holding. He said it just stretched off into the distance and he said it was about then I wet my wetsuit and he said that was about when you know came up they did find the body eventually but um, that was just one of the times when I've heard of that it takes a lot to make a podcast happen you can support the show at linktree.com slash atu podcast there you can support us on Venmo, PayPal, you can book us on Cameo, and you can find our merch and swag. Go straight to our merch and swag at unexplainedswag.com. Again, you can support the show at linktree.com slash ATU podcast or visit unexplainedswag.com. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man. Did the CIA write Wind of Change by the Scorpions? (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Loeb, what percentage chance do you give it that you have indeed uncovered extraterrestrial or non-human technology. Prior to your abduction, did you believe in UFOs? All things unexplained. So some of that I think, sir, will save for closed session. unexplained ones out there. This is CJ Derringer coming to you with my co-hosts, Dr. Mounts and Smitty Neves. And we have lots of fun guests joining us tonight. We wanted to bring some of our old favorites on the show with us to share a little bit about themselves and what they do and also go over a few hot topics that are in the news currently. So I'm just going to go around and chat with each of you, have you introduced yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. So we'll start with Blake. This is Blake Best. Hey friend, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, CJ and Smitty. It's a pleasure. It's my first time meeting you. You're kind of like the Loch Ness Monster. I'm you know, telling I see shadows and bits and pieces of you, but uh, <laughs> thank you, Dr. Mounts and Cheryl and Becky and everybody out there watching on social media land. Uh, I don't know what to say. I write about creepy, scary things. I'm an actor. i to do scoring and music stuff if it's creepy i'm all over it so uh yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much me awesome <laughs> what's what's one of give us a title of a book that you've written recently well uh, i did recently publish the award-winning freddy krueger origin novel razor's edge which is like a backstory on the freddy krueger character but the new book i put out is whispers in the woods this is like a southern appalachian ghost story gone wrong so. oh Okay, that sounds right up our listeners' alley. And if people want to check out your music or your acting or your books, where can they go to find you? They can go to you to YouTube for the acting stuff. I was just doing a hit film called He Comes to Kill. Uh, it's on uh, YouTube, streaming free. It's also available on DVD, Blu-ray, and then uh, music stuff. Just uh, uh, hit me up on my website, blakebestauthor.wixsite.com. There's a little music section. There's like. 10 albums worth of stuff so there's plenty of stuff if you like metal acoustic instrumental you know all that good stuff so i'm all over the place (laughs) wonderful well we are happy to have you and i do know that blake is master of all things scripted i did i wasn't on the show when you came on last time but you guys were able to talk about just about any cryptid creature that's ever existed most that i have never even heard of so it's quite an impressive knowledge that you have 
All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And then next we have Becky Cook. We had Becky on last year to chat with us about her Bigfoot novels. She's chatted with lots of people who have true Bigfoot stories that she has compiled. So Becky, tell us a little bit about where you are and what you do. I am in Idaho and I collect stories about true life sightings and of Bigfoot all over Idaho. Um, I've just got my fourth book out. Bigfoot lives in Idaho. Yeah, let me see if I can align this here. <laughs> anyway, um, this is the biggest book, and it's a compilation of all of the other books, plus about 30 other new stories from people I've interviewed all over the state of Idaho. Um, everything from the sounds, the smell, to what they found, some pictures. We've uh, mapped a bunch of things out. That was one of the most common things that people said is we want to see some maps i said you know they walk right <laughs> they're not always found in the same spot you know for selfies or whatever but yeah your your books have some of the wildest stories that i have heard i mean just wonderful <laughs> and wild stories about bigfoot do you, are you now the person that people come to like do people reach out to you from all across the nation and say <laughs> like i have i had a bigfoot setting i have a story for you or are you reaching out to people to get their stories? Kind of both. I, I hear a lot from people who I've already interviewed. There, A lot of people I've interviewed will then have somebody else talk to them and say, hey, you know, I heard this really cool thing and I saw this somebody. And so they're like, you should talk to Becky. <laughs> so they send them over and I get a chance to interview them and collect more information. So yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we are so happy to have you again with us here. And then we have our friend Cheryl, who we met by chance, really. Was that last year or two years ago now? It must have been two years ago. Oh, my. I think two, two years. years ago. Yeah, we were doing a story on a pilot that had seen something outside of his window, and I had commented in a chat room, and Cheryl said, I've seen something out my window, and I have I have pictures. <laughs> and I said, what? Excuse me? Can you please come? And show this to me and this still to this day is one of the most maddening things to me is that, that your story hasn't like nobody seems to be as shocked as they should be about what you saw <laughs> and yeah. um so and then we discovered that you have a whole business as well of a crystal mine out in arkansas so tell us a little bit about you know what you saw on the plane that day and what you and your husband orville do at board camp crystal mine okay well um i usually fly uh, out west. I'm in Arkansas, like you said, and I fly out west usually in the holidays to see the family. And flying home, I believe it was January 8th of 2021, uh, the GPS ended up uh, saying that we were uh, near, I think it was uh, Lake Powell, Utah, down mm -hmm. in the, um, that'd be the southeast corner. We were flying over there. And uh, during that time, the uh, the, there, there wasn't that many people on the plane. We each had basically our own row and I was sitting near the window seat like I always do. And I was glanced up and I saw what appeared to be maybe a missile. And I, I mean, when you're up in a plane, you can't exactly judge how many feet it is away from your window, <laughs> but it was close enough that it was bizarre. And I was able to get a photograph of that, which that's what I saw. And we can wait uh, on that for for when we we talk about that kind of stuff but ufo um i don't know but what happened um in uh, 2012 my husband orville and i he couldn't make it tonight but hopefully next time um he, uh he and i opened a crystal mine in arkansas i mean there's quartz crystals all over our area and there's other mines but we just wanted the public to be able to come out and dig their own crystals and just relax you know enjoy nature and all that that was 2012 and um, as far as anything paranormal, uh, we just thought all that's on TV. We never had any paranormal experiences or anything until 2017. And that was our first paranormal eye-opening. We um, basically were looking over our very rural property. There's no big highways, freeways or anything. We're looking out in the woods and three huge beams of light appeared on our property. They shot up. Uh, about 300 feet into the sky. They lasted about eight to 10 seconds and then went, everything went black. That uh, initiated, when we reported that, it initiated a MUFON investigation. MUFON came on our property. 
uh, did their investigation, had um, incredible uh, high readings for uh, magnetism and some radiation, I guess. Um, and they were all excited because we had physical evidence that something strange happened. And of course, we're still in disbelief. They, MUFON actually suggested a craft probably hovered over our property and created the three beams of light. Maybe they were harvesting crystal energy. And at the time, you know, we're thinking that's really whacked out, you know, because we didn't think <laughs> any of all that. After that, though, we started having MUFON came and went. Um, actually, Josh Gates of Expedition Unknown came out and filmed. And, uh, and he had an experience as well that he got on film. Um, and you can Google and probably find his show. But since then, we were seeing orbs of light, other strange beams, weird lights at, uh, in the dark, in the woods. And then the Native Americans started to come and show us signs of Sasquatch. So all you cryptid people, you got to come visit us. Okay? Yes. <laughs> uh, all of you. Yeah, wonderful. If somebody did want to visit, what, what is your website? Oh, yes. It's Board Camp crystalmine.com and that's b-o-a-r-d camp crystalmine.com and um, we'll tell you about it so we do the crystal digging and after all this paranormal stuff started we also have what's called um, the unexplained tours and we invite the public they're able to come on our tours we take them a walk in the woods show them the weird stuff um, sometimes there's there's other amazing things phenomena that does happen when our guests are present like i don't know if you'd call them rock drops rock throws um usually these are beautiful crystals um and they're like meant for our guests i'm just trying to you know hurry up and say this in a nutshell yeah. but anyway we have phenomena and we have contact i guess it's contact i don't know what else to call it they're contacting yeah. us and our guests and we have about an 80 to 90 percent experience rate on our tours so um you know the the ets the bigfoot whatever the beings are whatever the entities are um we were startled by them at first but they've never been threatening and so we're actually i guess you could say we're we're friends with them now you know <laughs> um, my husband has had bigfoot sightings about eight on our property and i've had two and um anyway i don't know what to say except you know, our, our thing is come experience it for yourself and see what happens. Yes. I'm still getting up the nerve to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you. That's I, I'm, yeah. I guess that's, that's us in a nutshell right now. Thank you for having me. I think that, um, that Becky needs to interview you guys for her oh, next yes. book. We love that. Yeah, and, and Becky, forgive me, I didn't have you share your link. Where can we find your books? Oh, um, bigfootlives.com. Uh, the website needs some work, but yeah, my web my webmaster's been busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we um, honestly, I think that the two of you probably have a lot that you could that you could talk about, and uh, we I need a whole other show on that. So. Oh yes, <laughs> you're officially invited, oh. Becky, as well as all the others who are here, of course. But I, it's, I, I think that amazing. our retreat, the all things unexplained retreat, needs to be at board cramp. Oh, that night. would be perfect. We'll I'm bring dead. all of our guests. We're on. We're yeah. on. <laughs> CJ sounds like okay. an organizer, so we'll let you organize it, CJ. You know, I think that I am. I think that's probably what I do best is organize and connect people. So oh, she has great. that um, reputation. Okay. Well, outside good. of uh, outside of doing our podcast, our hosts also have a few projects that they've been working on. So, Smitty, I know you're working on a book currently, correct? Yeah, it's uh, being published in June. It's called Mississippi Bear Hunter. Holt Collier guiding Teddy Roosevelt in a lifetime of adventure. And Holt was a slave who was born in Mississippi Delta in 1847. He ended up uh, killing over 3,000 bears in his lifetime. He fought oh. in the Civil War. He uh, And then he went and guided Roosevelt on the famous bear hunt that produced the teddy bear. So that's what my book's about. It comes out in June. It'll be available on Amazon in Barnes and Noble stores, Goodreads, a uh, lot of different websites. I also have Little Fish, Big Splash, which is a, a religious study book that's available on Amazon.com. But I'm excited. It's uh, really the first mainstream book I've had published is the one about Holt Collier. So it's uh, by the Arcadia and the History Press. 
It's going to be coming this summer. I don't even know how much it's going to cost yet or anything, but I'll get information. <laughs> the They're working on the cover. The publishers are working on cover this week, and I should have a cover hopefully by next week at some point in time. All of the writing's been done, so I've done my part. Now I just got to sit and wait, which <laughs> is the hardest part. Yes. Well, congratulations on thank, that. And I thank. hear that that book is free to your co-hosts, so we'll be waiting yeah. for our copy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much it costs us. See my shirt, too. It says, history teacher like a regular teacher, only way cooler. Especially more than a math teacher, by the way. Oh, boy. Speaking of the math teachers, heading to you, Dr. Mounts. Tell us a little bit about your projects that you've got going on. Well, there's just a few things, like my friend Blake there. We just have a few thousand irons in the fire. But before (laughs) before I talk about that, I want to give a shout out to listener James Doran, also known as Divine Sovereign Messenger. And he passed along this message to all us tonight, us six gathered here, that he said, Love, thank all of us for all we do. Appreciate all your work for awakening the mass consciousness on Gaia divine love and blessings to all of us. By the way, if you want to support this show, you can support us on Venmo at Bigfoot.com. We hope all of you will stay tuned because we have a lot of exciting things coming up as well. We have a psychic Bigfoot expert coming up soon. I believe that's March 30th by the name of Kiwanis Lapsaritas. He's in deep Washington state. We have a very famous, I would say, dare say the most famous UFO abductee of all time coming on the show in April. His name is Travis Walton. They made a movie about him called Fire in the Sky. There's also a Travis Walton documentary, and the producer of that documentary will be joining us as well. So to my knowledge, this will be the first time ever that Travis will be live online, and our listeners can ask him questions and post comments, and it should be a pretty historic night. And also, I can only give a little teaser for another upcoming show in April, But if you're a fan of the History Channel show, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, starring one Dr. Travis Taylor, multiple PhDs in astrophysics and engineering, lead scientist of the government's UFO agency, or at least one of them, they may or may not be coming on with us too in April. So just a little (laughs) teaser there. Look for an official announcement on that soon. You can check out my best-selling Bigfoot children's books on squatching.com along with my other audio writings i also have some audio books out there you can check those out on squatching.com they're all available on on audible uh, including one uh, blake would appreciate this so i delved into some horror fiction on audible and i narrated a little book that was right up my alley called killer kudzu so it's about a genetically modified kudzu plant that goes on a rampage. And we already know that's quite possible <laughs> in rural Georgia and rural Alabama and rural Mississippi and all around the deep south. And that's exactly what it did. You do not want to run into that that kudzu. Trust me, that's on Audible as well. But you can find all that on Squatching.com. And, of course, we have the podcast. And we appreciate all our guests coming on with us tonight. Thank you so much. All right. Well, since we have such knowledgeable guests on our show, we wanted to delve into a few topics that have been in the press lately that we think you might have some opinions about. So the first one, and I forgive me, I don't actually know anything about this yet. So this will be new to me, but apparently there is a Nessie-like creature in Mexico. Do we have a news article about this, Tim? Or That's right. This is headline, The Mirror. <laughs> And this is dated March 21st, so actually just a couple of days ago. And so they have actually got the police involved in Mexico. They're hunting for a Nessie-style monster said to be living in the depths of a reservoir by a massive dam. The monster, which is more than 5,000 miles from Loch Ness, 
has reportedly been spotted by locals apparently swimming in the lake's deep waters. Now, so there's actually been some town hall gatherings. There was a photograph of what appears to be a dark body, which could be a fin or a curved back emerging from the waters of the Maiden Dam Basin. One local official said that they have ordered police to patrol the lake looking to get to the bottom of the sighting. Locals believe that, like Nessie's legend, the monsters are left behind dinosaur, which has developed in isolation. That's what the locals believe. According to Atizapan civic leaders, people say that a Mexican Nessie lives at the bottom of the reservoir and protects the area. And authorities are going to have patrols around the lake until they get until until they solve the mystery is their goal. I love I love this statement right here in the article. Let me see if I can yeah um, find it. They said that some people are skeptical. Where y'all bear with me as I pull this up. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> Some, according to local media, believe the monster could be a huge crocodile, while others say it might simply be a large blob of poo from sludge water. What no speaking? I wonder if Joe Dirt is there. Cause didn't that what he had from the airplane on the movie, I think. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that movie was funny. <laughs> uh, well, that tells us a lot about that water, though. Yuck. Ooh. That's right. Well, I mean, I'm curious to know, Blake, what parallels might you draw? But, you know, you are definitely an expert in Loch Ness and Nessie. And, you know, you've written a book about the Loch Ness Monster. Do you see any parallels there? I see some. Um, you know, it's one of the things. You get a large body of water in an area and uh, before you know it you start hearing rumors and seeing things about oh there might be something there and i'm by no means a skeptic i'm one of those people that is a true believer through and through and and i really i'm interested to see uh, what it is they 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 pull out of this as far as the dinosaur aspect because as you may or may not know i mean plesiosaurs not really their, not really their kind of water, and certainly um, with it being, um, you know, in the area that it's in, it's it's they they're air breathers, you know. Um, a lot of people think that they're dinosaurs. They're just aquatic marine reptiles. I mean, technically a plesiosaur, other than the word "saur" being in the name, they're really not dinosaurs. Um, so it's it's one of those things. It's like, well. It could be. It couldn't be. I, I hope it's not a giant blob of poo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just. I don't. I don't know. What, what, what is it? Uh, what is it? He says in that <laughs> in that movie. He, he says you got to keep on keeping on. You know. It's, <laughs> it's just. You have to just keep pushing forward with it. And um, I think it's interesting because not too long ago, a similar thing happened in Lake Norman. My family's from North Carolina. And Shh, don't say that. Problem. I need my parents to move there. Wait, don't tell this. What happened in Lake Norman? <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a boat captain that was doing a charter boat, and he filmed several seconds of uh, this thing surfacing and basically, if I can say this word, raising utter hell on the surface of the of the water and um, they filmed it for probably a good 20 or 30 seconds it's huge and his boat's nine foot wide and about 20 feet long and he said this object was bigger than his boat so whatever it is is big there goes all hope i had for getting my mom here (sighs) oops one interesting thing about that is that you know there is a theory that it could be some giant sturgeon some of these lake monsters like like what do you what do you think about that uh that would account for the size on some of them but still i think that a 20 over 20 foot long nine foot wide sturgeon is pushing it i mean honestly does lake does lake norman have an adequate supply of fish marine life to support a creature with such a 
pardon the bad pun here, monstrous appetite, which I'm sure it has. <laughs> I mean, they say that Nessie actually uh, would probably consume close to a ton of food a week. And I, I don't know. I've never been to Lake Norman, but I want to see Normie. Damn it. <laughs> I, I want to go. I want to go check it out. I haven't, I haven't made it to Scotland yet, but. Um, well, you know what? It's I'm, a I'm, short drive from Ford Camp Crystal Mine. Yeah, yeah. We can stay there. We have our own. Camp Crystal Lake. I was like, no, 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 no. Nope. Like, this is where you and I differ. I do not want to see Normie. Not ever. Oh, Oh, come on. Where's your sense of adventure? Not there. Not with the monster in the lake. It's not there. I wish the Mexico, I wish the Mexico one would be true. That would be neat. Or it could be the crappiest story of the year. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Good one, Smitty. You know, I'm not even sure there's sturgeon in Lake Norman. There's sturgeon I know probably up around Becky and Idaho. Yes. And in Washington and Oregon, Canada, Alaska. I don't think there are sturgeon in Lake Norman. Uh, in North Carolina. Another problem I find with Lake Norman, for example, is that essentially it's, you know, obviously we think of lakes being landlocked, but there is the possibility that Loch Ness does have a connection to the ocean, you know? And so that opens up a whole realm of possibilities. Yeah, it does. But think about this. If, If there was an opening a flu of some sort in Loch Ness that led a giant sea creature out to sea, wouldn't there be more than just surface salination in the lake? There would be a tremendous amount of salt. I mean, I think what, honestly, my, my belief is what it is, is it's a primitive snake-like whale uh, called a Zooglodon. That's really what I believe that, that, uh, that Nessie is because there's just not enough sightings uh, of, of air-breathing uh, because a plesiosaur would have to come up for air often, and um, not so much with the zooglodon. And I don't want—I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to have to be. Everybody says, "Oh, it's not possible." Go back to the Indian Ocean in 1938 when they netted uh, the coelacanth, which they thought was extinct for 70 million years, and they found a whole damn nest of them right there. And it's like, "Hello, hello, hello." <laughs> And we have a terrific comment from Divine Sovereign Messenger Healer. Listeners, if you haven't checked out his Facebook page, please do so. You will get a blessing. He says, I was at the lake in Scotland where Nessie was. That's in the town of Inverness, and it was such a magical place. These beings can move to dimensions unknown to man. And, of course, we do often hear you know, on the paranormal side about this interdimensional travel with different cryptids. And Becky, you know, I can't help but wonder, do you see any parallels there between the supernatural side of Bigfoot lore and other cryptids like Nessie? I've I've seen, like, the Bigfoot, they're there one minute and then they're not, you know, and I've seen them just disappear and then reappear. I, I wouldn't know so much about Nessie, but I mean, here in Idaho, you you hear of sturgeon that they run into that, you know, 22 feet long. And you only see them once every mm, 15 years or so when the lakes are really low. But um, I've had two different people that I've interviewed that have run into sturgeon that were easily that long at the bottom of the reservoirs. And um, they just lurk there. Until one day somebody runs into him. One time it was a rescue operation. A, a young boy had fallen out of a boat and drowned. And they were trying to retrieve the body. And one of the guys was down there. And he said he was using this huge lamp. That, and um, he said all of a sudden I got just this eerie feeling. You know, like the air raising up in the back of your neck. And he said I turned around and here was this being its eye was as big as the lamp I was holding. He said oh it stretched off into the distance and he said it was about then I wet my wetsuit and, <laughs> and he said that was about when you know came up. They did find the body eventually but um, that was just one of the times when I've heard of that. 
And Cheryl, you've had some some experiences, right? With things well, appearing and disappearing and Yeah, definitely with the Bigfoot phenomena and um the ETs, aliens, lights, whatever as well. And we are of the opinion now, after experiencing this going on six years, that uh, they must be interdimensional. Like you said, they just appear and disappear so quickly they can. And um, there doesn't seem to be any physical evidence anyway. And I'm, I don't know much about the sea creatures like, or, or lake creatures like Nessie, but I've also heard stories of ships people seeing ships actually, you know, spacecraft actually diving into lakes or oceans or whatever. And um, I'm not very well read about it, but I've heard testimonies of people who have seen it. And hmm, it just makes you wonder. And can they shape shift? I've heard of that as well. You know, can some kind of interdimensional being manifest as a huge sea monster or a Bigfoot? Um, or an ET in flight, you know, a little green man. I don't know. You know, it's so fascinating. It's certainly fascinating. But the more we experience this phenomena, we do believe it's interdimensional. And I was telling you about those rocks that are crystals, actually. They're almost always crystals. They just like, where we meet for our tours, they just like appear and drop on and bang on the floor. And, you know, it startles us. And um, it's like, where are these coming from? You know, at first we were thinking, is Bigfoot out there throwing them at us, you know, where we're sitting? But we're of the opinion that maybe they are too. These, these lovely gifts that we're being given, maybe they are coming from another dimension. And um, by, I just want to wrap up by saying that we have met a gentleman um, who's come to visit here and is now a friend and he is, uh, has a master's degree in quantum physics. And he told us it's hard to understand, but everything that's happening at your place here at board camp crystal mine is possible at the quantum level of existence. And that has to do with really other dimensions. So, um, you know, in phasing in and out of our third dimension, how those dimensions are all interacting and the life forms that are associated with them. So anyway, thanks for asking. I think that's a great point. I think it's amazing how we have, you know, all of us have such varied backgrounds, but yet there are so many strands and themes that connect all these topics. It's just amazing to me. We have a listener, Virgil Kane, that says hi from Manchester, England. So we have some listeners in Manchester, England tonight. And I think that is funny because Virgil followed it up with this comment. He says, uh, actually, it's this one. He says, I can't even get arrested in this godforsaken town, not even a sniff, which is. <laughs> so I, I think Manchester would be a lovely place to hang out. <laughs> but Virgil, I think, is getting tired of it. Virgil, we welcome you to the States if you ever get a chance. He says, the birds are really fussy around here. They seem to have their knickers glued on. I'm not even sure what that means, but I think it has something to do with cryptids. Listener Allison Mills says, hello. Hi, Allison. Hey, Allison. And thank you. And Becky Cook, you had a comment from Divine Sovereign Messenger Healer, who has his own show on Facebook. He says, wow, beautiful lady. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and insights. I appreciate you to be the magic of miracles for humanity. We need more of you. Bless you. And... Wonder. Allison Mills says she is from England as well. So we have a lot of folks from across the pond tuning uh, in tonight. Her and David hanging out. Is that great. <laughs> Allison, are you in Manchester? And is it, are, do you do find it more fun than first one to us? <laughs> oh, well, that is fun. All right. Well, one other thing we wanted to dive into tonight is the Patterson-Gimlin film, which, you know, Becky, last time you were on, did did you mention knowing one of these two gentlemen? So Bob Gimlin is amazing. He's, 
I somebody asked me how old he is now. I think he's eighty-six or eighty-seven this year. Such an outstanding gentleman and super good guy. Really good man. And, and you know him. You know him personally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we sat okay. down and talked a couple of times, sat down and had dinner and just talked. He's just a pretty amazing guy. And the, the, the experience he had, in fact, um, someone showed a little piece of footage where they've actually stabilized that video where it looks like it was filmed with the steady hands instead of on horseback. And it was really cool to watch. And, and the, you know, people will say, oh, yeah, they just made that up. No, no, it. He was 30 miles off a beaten road, you know, and nearly killed them getting out of there because it was raining and the road was corroding and they had a trailer full of horses that were, it was a mess. <laughs> and you don't just show up way out there and have somebody show up with a suit too, you know. Right. Now, for those of you listening that are not familiar with what we are speaking about, this is the famous footage of Bigfoot walking, essentially. When was that filmed? Do you happen to know? 67. Yeah. October 25th. It was actually Bob Gimlin's birthday. Oh. Oh, shoot. I probably got that wrong. It was that week in October. I might have the date wrong, but um, it was actually his birthday when they saw it. I think okay. I actually know the date because, <laughs> Becky, you're going to love this. Look what I got in the mail here recently. Let me see if I can hold this up to the camera. Oh, there you go. That is such a cool picture. Thank you. October 20th, 1967. And see, October 20th. I have, it was that during that week. I just couldn't remember which day. And so I have Mr. Gimlin's signature there. Bob is a super good guy and just salt of the earth. He'd still be breaking horses, except his wife convinced him he might break some bones. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, did you have a clip for us? Yes, I have a little, just a little short bit. This is credit Oregon Public Broadcasting, and they just had a little documentary. We might watch a couple of minutes of this if that's okay. But let me see if I can share my screen here. And I'm so proud of... My Bob Gimlin signed Patty poster there. And by the way, for the folks that don't realize this, almost everyone is familiar with Roswell, the Roswell incident. And the Patterson-Gimlin film is to cryptozoology, is to the Bigfoot world, essentially what the Roswell incident is to ufology and UFO lore. Okay, even if you believe... The Roswell incident may or may not have happened. It doesn't mean aliens do not exist, right? Or extraterrestrials. And the same thing is true that we need to keep in mind for the Patterson-Gimlin film. No matter what you think of it, it still doesn't detract from Bigfoots and Sasquatch and Yeti. But here's a little something from Oregon Public Broadcasting. Let me see if I can pull it up. I believe that I can. A half century ago, two former rodeo men went into the woods with a 16-millimeter camera and stumbled on Bigfoot. When she's walking across a sandbar and spreads her arms out and looks at the camera, frame 352, that's become the Bigfoot icon for our culture. The setting of Patty, she would later be known, at Bluff Creek in California is one of the most famous reels in film history. Before the Patterson-Gimlin film, Named after its makers, the Sasquatch was a local Northwest legend. After, Bigfoot became an international celebrity. But look at this clip from the 2017 movie War for the Planet of the Apes. I mean, it's obvious now with the leaps in film and costume technology that this is just someone in an ape suit, right? A guy even passed a lie detector test on national TV, claiming he wore the suit. About whether you were the Bigfoot shown in the 1967 Patterson film. Yes. But the film continues to fascinate people. How confident are you this film's real? At this point, I'm, I'm as confident as I can. We need Jeff on this show, too. Well, the thing about it is, is this film came, I mean, a Gimlin shot that in 67. Planet of the Apes came out in 68, and there was nothing 
that Hollywood produced as realistic for that movie is what Gimlin had on his on his film. I mean, there was nothing. It it looked like a, a 1968. There they looked like costumes on Planet of the Apes looked like something I would have worn in the 80s when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> With your versus, mullet and your rat tail. Oh, uh, whatever. I didn't have a rat tail, but. <laughs> uh, but you you see what I'm saying it's it's amazing especially the the female anatomy of the costume I don't know that they could have produced that exactly that way in 67 no that's right and you know later on in that video I didn't show it Smitty but Dr. Meldrum actually shows his video that video to his students at college and he has them identify all the different musculature that you can see on Patty, right? And the thing is, you cannot see, for example, trapezius through a suit, okay? You cannot see back muscles. You cannot see uh, the triceps. You cannot see uh, biceps, okay? You cannot see all these different musculature. And his students were able to, you know, pinpoint all these different anatomical and like you said, there's the female perspective too, right? Like that, even if you were going to fake it, there's no logical reason why you would add on the complexity of making it female. Well, just even on top of that, the think about how much that would have cost for him to have made a suit in 1967 that, that was that realistic. I mean, I don't even know if I could afford one today that would be quite that good you know i'm sure they could produce one now because that's been a, a long time ago but it's ridiculous to think that that's not not actually real i think it's real but if i'm not mistaken smitty didn't they go to john chambers when he was in, uh, retired and ask him if he had any knowledge of it i think so because he worked on planet of the apes and some of the other stuff yeah yeah i give you another good uh, example. My uncle was told when he was... I'm from North Mississippi. And, of course, uh, my uncle is in his 70s. And he was told by a man here, and we live in a very rural area, that they were at church one night. Not my uncle, but this other gentleman. He was, he was a lot older than my uncle. And so he was, you know, born early 1900s. And he said they were at church one night at... at a, the gospel meeting or revival and they went out to smoke and they got in the back of a wagon and were sitting there and they said a Bigfoot walked out of the woods and of course back then you didn't have air conditioner or anything so the doors of the church were open and that the Bigfoot put his hands down on the porch of the of the church building and sat and watched the preacher for about five minutes and just stood back up and walked down into the darkness because he never saw the men in the wagon. And so that that man said that he was there when that happened. He saw that. Pretty pretty interesting. We do have a question for Becky. Becky, Divine Sovereign Messenger Healer wants to know, have you ever been able to video a Bigfoot? No, I'm not that technology savvy. Plus, you know, when I've seen him, it's, it's, it's like... It's one of those things that you're not ever really prepared for, I guess. We've taken pictures of the footprints we found just, you know, a short time after they were made, but not really ever taken a picture of them when they were, when they were right there. These questions that are coming in are coming from people that are in Manchester and Liverpool. I'm pretty sure it's almost 2 a.m. there. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I'm like, wait a second, it's pretty late here. These guys are up. In the wee hours of the morning. Hey, it's like coast to coast AM, CJ. Studying there. <laughs> doesn't even start till about midnight. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I can't ever say I listened to coast to coast AM. I, I'll put that on my bucket list. Things I need to do. <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked um, Loch Ness and Bigfoot, and now it's time to move into UAPs, which is now the new term used for UFOs instead of unidentified flying objects. We're now calling them unidentified aerial phenomenon. And I think even that term has been updated to include submersible <laughs> things as well. But we'll go ahead and stick with UAP for the moment. And recently, a very 
big thing happened. Jeremy Corbell, I hope I'm saying that. Yeah, Jeremy Corbell has been the voice and face for all things UAP as of recent. He's released several documentaries talking about things that have been seen. He has insider knowledge from many people. And he recently said that something else was seen. And Tim, I believe you have a clip of this. Yes. That's right, I do. And just a little background. Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp from the aforementioned Coast to Coast AM have become the authorities on UFO and UAP information. Not the government, not the Pentagon, not the military. The interesting thing is all the things that Jeremy Corbell has released has eventually been verified by the military. And he's released them long before they would ever admit it. And we know we would never be seeing this without folks on the inside leaking these things to George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell. So we're really grateful for folks like George and Jeremy and all the things they do for disclosure and ufology. This particular video was shot by a U.S. drone over Baghdad, Iraq. And this is he actually only released the still images, and I combined it into a video. It's a very interesting video. It's known as the Baghdad Phantom, which is not to be confused, however, with the infamous Ukrainian UFO study that dubbed some of the UFOs and UAPs in their atmosphere as phantoms. Because I messaged Jeremy Corbell myself and he replied to us and said, No, this name, Baghdad Phantom, has nothing to do with the Ukrainian Phantom name. So this was filmed on FLIR. Before I pull this up, I want to put what Cheryl saw out of her plane there. Really, I feel like it would be really scary to see that outside your plane. And we hypothesize could this be an intercontinental ballistic missile you know what exactly could this be but let's pull up from jeremy corbell now and here it is the baghdad phantom this is about a 10 second clip i want you to pay attention to the color of this film from flare by the way on a drone and see if you notice anything trailing behind it there's no sound. Let's watch that again. You're going to see a black object move across the screen near the bottom. Let's watch it again. And notice some sort of disturbance behind it. Now, the immediate reaction might be that looks like a missile and it is a war zone, but it didn't glow like a missile would on infrared. It was solid black, and I think that's why they used the word phantom. And I'm real curious, Cheryl, what do you think when you see what they're calling the Baghdad Phantom now compared to what you saw? Well, what I saw did have the black tail. Like, I don't know. I'm not real familiar with all the science behind it. I don't know if that's considered just like exhaust, like fuel exhaust. I don't know how missiles work. If in fact that was a missile, um, but it, it looks very similar in my opinion. Um, except for the tails a little bit different in, you know, so I, I don't know, but being on a commercial airlines to have that thing so close right out the window maybe maybe a hundred feet i don't know maybe 200 feet but that was disturbing and obviously this must have been also disturbing so yes so it's not like alien chemtrails or anything <laughs> just yeah i don't know i don't know um and that that trail seemed kind of white didn't you think or i i don't know how the camera picked it up but mine was just my my mine was just taken with my phone camera so yeah 
it's such an incredible image that you caught out of your window, honestly. I still, my mind is still blown from that. I wonder in the footage that we're, you just showed, Tim. So the big, can you tell me what Jeremy Corbell thought was so incredible about this particular shot? And then maybe I can have a better idea of what to say. Yes, what he thought so incredible about this shot, first of all, everybody needs to know, the military has officially classified this as a UAP. It is not officially a part of their UAP study as of now, at least so far as we know, but they, they amongst themselves, have it classified as an unidentified aerial phenomenon. They have not classified it as a missile or a drone or any other known object, right? And, of course, we just had over Super Bowl weekend Immediately after we shoot down a Chinese spy balloon off the coast of the Carolinas, we shoot down three UFOs. I repeat, our military shot down three unidentified flying objects, one over Alaska, one over Lake Huron, one over Canada, and not a single other piece of information has come out about that. Not a single photo, video, image, there's been no wreckage obtained according to the military. According to the military, they have just given up the search for the wreckage for unidentified flying objects that they shot down that they claim, by the way, were a threat to civilian aircraft and that that is the reason they shot down. The other significant thing about this, and by the way, Jeremy Corbell said explicitly, this is not a missile. Whatever it was picked up, Gave off no heat signatures whatsoever. Was in control of its own navigation. It had no apparent means of propulsion, yet was propelling itself through the sky at a high rate of speed. And so these are the significant things about the Baghdad Phantom. Um, did they get a speed on it? I don't think any sort of speed rating has been officially determined it's so hard with just those images and having not been able to see or something i don't even know how high that is altitude wise or what the location was so just to see the pictures is really tough um i do think that there have been a lot of advancements in missile technology and is there a chance that it is a missile that's not putting off some sort of heat signature that we would recognize from previous I mean, possibly but yeah just being able to see those pictures it's really tough to comment on well let me see what, what everybody thinks be. about this image this this image was captured and released by jeremy corbell also it is more of an orb. It was also over a war zone. Keep in mind, we've had folks tell this show that our military is often engaging in fights with unidentified flying objects. Let's take a look at this object and see what everybody thinks about this. I believe this is known as the Mosul orb. Can everybody see that? It sort of looks like a silver orb. And the, the silver orb sort of seems to have a reflection on it, sort of reflecting the sun mm -hmm. over a street. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we've got all kinds of shapes and sizes here. And just, you know, we don't know what's up there. We definitely don't. I certainly don't know what's up there. But I feel like we've talked to enough people that have a knowledge of what's up there to know that there's a lot going on. <laughs> that they are keeping from us or that they can't even explain, which makes it a perfect fit for all things unexplained. Yes. Well, based on what we have talked about tonight, Loch Ness Monster in Mexico and the Patterson-Gimlin film and new UAP footage, I would love to go back to each of our guests before we sign out and... What would you guys like to share with those that are tuning in that maybe aren't believers yet, or even to those that, that do believe? What would be your message to leave our listeners with before we sign off? I'll go to you first, Becky. <laughs> there are a lot of things in the world that we don't see that are still there. 
and and they're they're around us and you know they mean us no harm most of us most of them don't mean us any harm but they're there to either learn from us or we're to learn from them and um to me you know i'll hear stories about the bigfoot and people say oh they're big and they're scary and i think well i'm tall i'm big am i scary i am scary to some people <laughs> not not to us <laughs> but it's just one of those things I, I guess if you the thing I've always told my kids is your mind is like a parachute it's better if it's open you know <laughs> the more you, That's awesome. the more you leave your mind open to what is the more you learn and the minute you get a, an opinion you get proved wrong <laughs> Or you just to learn either one. We need a shirt with that tagline. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Did you come up with that or did somebody no, say those words to you when you were kidding? This old one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one before. Hey Tim, we had a listener comment about something around the sun. Can you pull that back up? Yes, this comes from Giselle Marina. Yeah, have you seen the video of the flying Merkabas around the sun? I'm not sure that I'm saying that correctly. This is not something I've heard of. Have any of our guests here tonight heard of this? Hmm, we're going to have to do some digging. I'm going to write that one down. All right, well, coming to you, Blake, what would be your message to our listeners? I kind of really want to jump on Becky's bandwagon because she kind of <laughs> said it said it perfect that this is a large very vast world we live in and there are places that we have not even begun to scratch the surface as far as exploration and seeing and um, you know a lake you get in a lake and and you swim in it or you look in the sky and, or you're out in the woods trying to enjoy things be open-minded because I think that some of these things we see can sense whether or not we're receptive, for lack of a better word, uh, to their presence. And I think that kind of goes along with the interdimensional travel and some of the other things. Like, as far as the Loch Ness Monster is concerned, the age-old myth is that they come from a Kelpie, which was a shape-shifting creature that lived in the uh, Scottish locks that would entice drunken sailors and partiers uh, in the form of either a beautiful woman or uh, a horse. And I don't know why it was those two extremes, but it always was. Um, <laughs> and for the horse, they would they would jump on the horse's back and then the horse would change shape mid-swim mid, uh, and then plunge them to their deaths. And for the beautiful women, I never did hear anything about that, so I don't know how that ended for those folks but um um as far as meeting the beautiful woman of the lake but i really honestly think that it's out there you know i the x-files is one of my favorite shows and that tagline the truth is out there you know uh agent Mulder, agent scully said it best and honestly in my lifetime i was born in 85 the year i was born they found the titanic and for years no one ever thought they would find that um mm. let alone prove that it split in two uh, before it ultimately came to rest, you know, six miles, you know, two and a half miles down on the bottom of the ocean floor. So if they can find the Titanic, I think one day they'll find those five TBAF Avengers that went missing with Lieutenant Taylor in 45. I think they'll find the Loch Ness Monster. I think they'll find the Bigfoot. I think that we're already finding them. And I think that everybody yeah. out there just needs to keep their minds open. You know, the truth is out there. Yes. Yeah. And so many more people are looking now, I think. Mm -hmm. So many more people want to know. Even we had um, Avi Loeb on the show a few months ago. He's a astrophysicist, head astrophysicist at Harvard, and he has been privately funded to go search the bottom of an ocean for signs of extraterrestrial life from an object that flew into our solar system. So that's really really cool. We hope to have him back on and find out more about that. And last but certainly not least, Cheryl Murphy, what would be your thoughts for, for our listeners? Well, I always tell people we are just normal people who ended up having a paranormal experience. And I, I just think that anybody 
can have that experience. I think a lot of people are seeking it, but what we've found, it usually happens when you're not looking for it, when you least expect it, something happens. And just be open. Uh, I love the parachute thing. I think I'll make a shirt with the parachute on there. Yeah. I love it. Um, but yeah, you know, just, just be open, but also don't fret about it. You know, sometimes we get obsessed with, I want to have this experience. And, and yeah, of course, you know, we may want to, but, um, you know, just chill out. And um, <laughs> you believe in a higher power. I believe in the creator God of the Bible, for example. And anything, I just talk to him about it, you know. And uh, if and I'm worried about anything or even if I want something, you know, it's like, hey, it, it'll come in time. Don't fret over it, but be open and life is full of surprises and like everybody commented there's so much out there that's unknown and unexplained and uh mankind humankind whatever you want to call it uh gender specific whatever um you know it's it's like we know so very little but i think whatever is considered paranormal is that which science has yet to discover yeah Beautifully put. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we are so thankful to our guests for joining us this evening. Uh, we barely scratched the surface of what these wonderful, talented people do, uh, but we have had all of them on the show before, so you can certainly go back into the uh, All Things Unexplained vault wherever you listen to your podcasts and find our episodes with Blake Best, Becky Cook, and Cheryl Murphy. Uh, in fact, we've had each of you on more than once, I believe. Maybe, Blake, this is just your second time, but I know that Becky and Cheryl have been on a couple of times and we hope to have you guys on the show again if you enjoyed our show we do depend on listeners like you you can support us on venmo under the business accounts we are at bigfoot ufo dr mounts anything else for us before we sign out well i just had to say this i'm going to piggyback off something blake said he said the tagline of the x files was the truth is out there don't forget the other tagline of the x files Trust no one. <laughs> Remember that. Right. Here I just know. built up all of our, our guests here. Trust our guests. Except our guest. Be our guest oh. and trust our guest, and but no one else. But seriously, you know, we all have, are incredibly brilliant creatures in our, in, of our own selves. We can all look up. We can all get off our phones. We can all look in the woods. We can go for a hike. We can go outside in the middle of the night and look up to the skies. You never know what you might see. It might be something from Elon Musk. It might be something from another galaxy. You just don't ever know. <laughs> but there's only one way to find out. Trust your senses. You know, go out, find out for yourself. All right. Smitty, throwing it to you. Take us on out of here. Thank you for being with us, Blake and Becky and Cheryl and Kind of like Mount said, make sure to kind of stay off the cell phones. I, I teach high school, and Bigfoot could be on fire running down the hall sometimes, and <laughs> nobody would ever notice him because they're too busy looking at their cell phones. And that's actually, that's that's the truth. Uh, but it just seems like we're so obsessed with that. We miss out a lot on, on God's beauty of nature. And so we appreciate everyone listening. And be happy, be strange, and listen to all things unexplained. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Thanks. Like. Share. Follow. All things unexplained. more at linktree.com slash a-t-u podcast bigfoot u-f-o dot com so some of that i think sir will say for closed session i just want to remind our guest if you wouldn't mind 
when you when I end the broadcast, if you could leave your computers in the studio, if you could stay in the studio until all our audio uploads, it should let you know when that happens. Okay, I appreciate all of you. Thanks. Once again, be happy, be strange, and listen to all things unexplained. He never gets the last word. He never gets the last word. I could easily edit that part out, Smitty. No, he got it this time. He's like, Night, John Boy. Take us out. And then he talks for 10 more minutes. I had to say it. I had to remind everybody <laughs> to stay you. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> Thank y'all.